good morning, good afternoon or good evening, wherever you may be. Welcome to episode six of Business in Motion's business show. And we're very happy to present to you a rather alternative podcast episode. And I've called it The Gift an Enigmatic Bedside Table Gave My Business. And it goes like this. The other day, a client asked me a really good question. And I think it's a question very valid for the way the world is now. And this was the question. How do you know, Debbie, that the leadership program that you've been presenting to me for some time now, and obviously they're referring to the leadership challenge, how do you know that that's appropriate for today's new world order. And so to answer that question for the client and for you, I'm going to take you on a journey through a selection of concepts, of ideas, and finish with that answer where all of these concepts intersect. So bear with me, I'm ready to take you on quite a journey. So firstly, where the journey started, my interest was completely captured for the past few weeks by the design of a particular newly purchased, very simple bedside table. And a bedside table, table is normally very plain. It's a enigmatic cube of furniture that we all have right next to our bed. It holds the evening lamp and possibly the bedside clock. Yeah cube-like in shape normally, possibly with one or two drawers. This specific item's personality, the one that has piqued my interest, has completely transcended convention because the designer has unbelievably manipulated the space so well and, and he's added like angular reflective glass and padded cushion, cushion inside the depth of the cube. It's really a completely different bedside table, one that I've invested in and I'm, I'm quite happy with my purchase. But why is this important to my business? Well, first of all, that new bedside table invites me continually to interact with its essence and dimensions every single day. It wants my attention. It's really relevant to business. This table wants my attention. And number two, this table, bedside table, is really defying tradition and convention through its contemporary and agile design. Again, really important to business. So that's number one, the bedside table. The journey continues now into change. So change itself, I mean, it's always fascinating. I mean, that's why we have it as the central, um, the central or the core product to business in motion. You know that our um, motto is moving businesses and leaders ahead through change. Change always evokes emotion, just like my bedside table is doing at the moment. Change always demands attention just like my bedside table is doing at the moment. 
and change is you can never ignore it it's it's undeniably now it's undeniably omnipresent all around you when it's happening just like my bedside table it's all around me and it's belonging to the now so this bedside table begs the question what what was the impetus that drove the designer to create such a masterpiece and whilst i don't really know the designer my instinct tells me that she sorry guys wink wink it had to be a lady who created this bedside table my instincts tell me that she was living in the land of change she was in touch totally connected with the customer's needs she knew her own priorities to always wanting to be on the cutting edge of design she chose to defy the norm and warp reality with full knowledge that unknowns will emerge and she knew the demand will only be continuous if if the demand if if the de new design will create new needs that currently buyers don't even know they have the new need is lying dormant with them at the moment so change is a pretty powerful concept it's really got a lot to answer for so business in motion it really does bring change through the services of solutions and coaching and learning services and the question is how many times have we seen learning departments organizational learning departments being victims of natural or man-made change or disasters such as this current pandemic you know this is the reality but we but the learning and development people have only got themselves to blame because the value of the function it's not seen through the eyes of its users as being an enabler of business it's not seen adding value to a customer's needs it's often in a push mode like pushing what it wants to be onto the customer and the user it quite often sets itself apart from the business rather than being a part of the business and it seems to be so inflexibly systemized that it's almost impossible to pivot when new business requirements come along so i've already spoken about a bedside table and then change and then the learning and development function now i'm moving on to research it's all coming together in a minute an unusual podcast today research that is associated with my leadership challenge program it's the program that's at the center of everything that we do it really has enjoyed huge global credibility over the past 35 years and it's based around a collection of quantitative data from stories it can be referred to as a lag indicator working with experiences of people's pasts now this is key if i go back to the question of my customer and that was debbie prove to me that the program that you're selling me now 
that you've been working with for 10 years is suitable for the needs of today's changing organisation? The best answer I can provide is that its magic for today sits at the intersection of the things that I just brought up. The intersection of a bedside table, the intersection of design thinking, and the intersection of agile approaches to business. So for example, design thinking and agile approaches to business, let, how does business in motion incorporate those? Well, number one, we've never ever trained applying a one size fits all approach. And believe me, it brings a lot of extra work, but it's more important to us to ensure that we're involved with customized and aligned solutions. So we always lead change through a learning intervention in consultation with our clients. Remember, they're not only the buyer of our services, but they're the expert of their own frustrations, business blockages, business challenges, and business needs. So we can't possibly work without them. The second thing that shows that we bring design thinking and agility into our work is that we work with a focus on output. Yes, we look at the process of inputs, but we focus on the outputs, allowing a degree of nimbleness. And, and that allows that we can pivot at any time. So for example, we check in with program inputs and and when change strikes out in the client's um, business environment, we turn to him and we say, okay, what do you need now? This is our core that can't change, but all around it can. And in turn, the inputs change in order, change in qualities while, rem while maintaining uh, the integrity of the core content. Another way that we work at the intersection of design thinking and um, agility is we continue to ask business-based questions. You know, asking the right questions is a knack in itself. But what we do is we build in business-based questions that are checkpoints along the way. And those checkpoints are not focused just on the program and in fact, a lot less on the program and a lot more on the business need and the changing environment. And that's all done with an attitude that no one program in any organization can be exactly the same as the previous implementation of change because it's completely different environments. So, if we didn't do that, we would then be treating any learning as an activity rather than an outcome of a process because we want to bring continuous improvement and adaptation into our offerings. So then I dared ask the researcher of the Leadership Challenges Research, Mr Barry Posner, the same question as my client asked me. Effectively, I was putting his research on the line with that question. And that question, I, I changed it ever so slightly. It sounded something like, okay, Barry, 
Given that COVID has altered our worlds inconceivably, how do you see the relevance of the past 35 years of your research going forward? And on reflection, he hypothesized that he suspects future research will simply reinforce the need for the five practices of exemplary leadership, even more so. And he rattled off a few reasons. Now, remember, this is just his suspicion at the moment because we're not into the future to be able to read the uh, results of future research. So what he proposed or hypothesized, he felt that COVID had shown that when uncertainty strikes, people more than ever need to know and trust the person they depend on. That was one. They, he said they also need to know that he or she can see life can exist PC, post-COVID. He continued that COVID has reinforced the need for unity as we move with difference, which is a big part of the research from 35 years ago, and appreciation that new ground is being broken and that there's a load of learning on offer to be able to break ground. And each day will be different. He continued indicating that trust reigns supreme. You know, it's, it's so important that we've got trust. We can't micromanage because there's too much going on. We need to trust our people. Progress will rarely, if ever, be achieved alone or without gratitude and care for individuals and communities. Imagine if we weren't caring and rewarding our first responders at the moment. Basically, what Barry said is, our research of 35 years ago clearly shows all those things he mentioned and wraps it up that leadership matters. Of course, we will only know once we're through COVID, yet Barry's answer settled me somewhat and encouraged me to answer my client. The bottom line of the answer to my client is, the intersection of all those things Right, remember my bedside table commanding my attention. Yeah, change, bringing us into emotion. Research, attempting to emerge into newness. The bottom line is, as I see it, is the context of leadership, that's what's evolving. The content of leadership is not. For example, after all these years, with the same question being asked, the content, the five practices, the 30 behaviours of leadership remain completely unchanged. Yet, over the years, the order of the five practices have changed in response to what is going on outside. So for example, originally, challenge the process and inspiring a shared vision was seen to be paramount for a leader to practice and behave in accordance with. Yet now, the top of the five practices is modeling the way to build trust. So, to start wrapping up this podcast, boy, we've been all over the place. Let's try to bring it together. So how does one contemporary bedside table, change, design thinking, 
agile approaches to business and research. How do they all come together to help me answer my client's question? Well, I believe the story-based core content of my leadership program will not change, yet the business context it fits into will continue to shift and pivot. And it's that that I and Business in Motion bring, biz, bring value to our clients because we are fully in touch with the client's changing reality, reality and we help them through our understanding of their reality to transition to or evolve into more appropriate approaches. So, nimbly shifting and turning any approach in alignment with change is going to be the difference tomorrow between a good leadership program for learning's sake and an exceptional leadership program to evolve business into the most powerful society enabler it truly can be. Long live futuristic bedside table designs. Woohoo!